The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me from Parts Unknown, Michelle Yu. Michelle, where are you today? Billy, I'm at home today. It sounds so quiet there. Where are your children? I, well, Olivia's back in school and uh, Spencer went to the barn with dad to go and help. I, I have to say, I've seen a lot of your social media with Spencer and it, he <laughs> is like an amazing kid. I mean, he does everything. Yes, he's a barn brat for sure. He like today we're we're trying to potty train him. So today he had on like no pants because he had like made an accident at the barn and he had peed in his boots. I took him off, and all of a sudden I look across and he's like running butt naked across the uh, the paddock. I'm like, where are you going? Help dad drive. He wants to go drive a colt. <laughs> so oh my, that's he's got a so shirt funny. on with his little piney sticking out. That's funny. That's very cute. Well, he's a good kid. I am um, actually in Florida. At the OBS April sale, we have just concluded day one. And, did you buy uh, anything? I didn't. I uh, did you sell anything? We sold one of three. We had okay. an out, an RNA, and a one sale. And um, I am called uh, the Captain Underbitter today. <laughs> um, we can. We. I want to name a horse desperately. Professional underbitter. Yes, professional underbitter. That's what I was today, Michelle. I helped a lot of people, including OBS and several consigners. And I was always just kind of one bid short, which says a lot about me. And I'm. I'm not happy about it. Honestly, I was. I'm in a rotten mood. So. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm in sorry. A, I'm I mean, a, Billy, it's just one more bid that gets you there. I know. I'm in a rotten mood, and uh, but. The good news is we have a great guest today. His name is Bill Simon. He is the owner of Kentucky Derby uh, Possible, or, I mean, he's in, but hopeful? we're hopeful, uh, Barber Road, who just finished second in the Arkansas Derby. So we're going to get to know Bill Simon. He's a great guy. And uh, we'll do that interview after we do three things of note. Things of note. <laughs> um, okay, so the first thing of note, I guess, has to be that the final Kentucky Derby qualifying prep is in the books now. It was the Grade Three Lexington, and it went to a horse who has never won on dirt before, named Tawny Port, for our good friend Brad Cox, and uh, for, I and John Ford Peachtree. Like that horse going Pe in Peachtree Stables. He Peach owns tree. the horse, and we like the owners. You didn't I like didn't it. like the horse going in, did you, you? You know what's so funny is just the way you introduced that race. I thought you were going to go, womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know. I'm, I just it wasn't, wasn't a very that horse. it wasn't I a didn't... very strong race. Let's put it that right. way. Um, I'm. I mean, I hate to. I, I don't. We don't like to bash here. That's not our job on this show. And that horse did well to win. I mean, it was a it was a contentious race. Uh, it was kind of wide open. And uh, listen, kudos to him. They go to the Derby, and that's everybody's dream. So so good job, right? And you're gonna go and be yep. a long shot. And who knows? You know. Uh, we're going to talk about Derby later in this show, and like we always say, you need the trip. So maybe he gets it. All right. All right. How about my second thing of note? I'm going to stay on this like Derby theme. Yeah. And it is that you know NBC covers the Triple Crown I on know. television. I but know. For the first time. What? I said I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, for the first time, Peacock will live stream the Triple Crown races. Uh, they're going to present more than 20 hours of Triple Crown coverage oh, cool. across their networks this year. So including a five-hour Kentucky Derby show. And Peacock will put all of that live broadcast on for the Derby, for the Preakness, and then uh, for the Belmont Stakes. So I think that is really cool because... When we talk about the evolution of sports, you know, I mean, when you're trying to watch Thursday Night Football, you go onto Twitter and stuff, right? right. So you, you got to have homes for races and homes for shows that we want to get into people's faces that aren't necessarily on terrestrial television any longer because a lot of people have cut the cord. Uh, I think it's a very good point. And does that mean Peacock is extraterrestrial television? Yeah, it's less than terrestrial television, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking you because I thought it was a great word by you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then my third thing of note is that the OBS sales got underway today, which we already talked about Billy being there. So far, our sales topper is a $2.3 million son of Uncle Mo that went to Zidane Racing. Gary Young signed that ticket. So uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting about that horse next year at least. Maybe oh, this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, uh, is he the instant Kentucky Derby favorite for next year well, considering? Okay. I have a question now. I, I, I don't know, so I have to kind of look back and see. But, like, how often do the two-year-olds in April, like, come on to be, like, end of the, like, Belmont or Travers? Or is it like, I mean, I feel like that's just too soon. Don't a lot of these just get turned out for a bit? I think some do and some don't. I think it really depends on the horse, the trainer, the owner. Um, I don't, I, I mean, when did they buy uh, Taba? That wasn't, that was last March, right? At the Fasig sale? Yeah, it was last March at the Fasig sale. When did they buy Medina Spirit? That was, I believe that was in an OBS sale. I could be very, yeah, very wrong. A, I think he was an OBS sale, too. So, I mean, yeah. So, when did they, so let's see. So, let's see. So, Taba sold in Fasig Tipton March, right? Right. right. So, it's and only like. he debuted in March of 2022. Yeah. So, it was a year. So, a year for him. Yeah. So, so right. he got turned out. Right. Yeah, I mean he only he's only had two starts and he's going to be one of the yeah. Derby favorites. So yeah, I, I the Spirit sold in 2020, right? Well, yeah. And he made his debut in December of 2020. Right. So end of the year, yeah. yeah. So it, it is asking them a lot to just like leave the sale and like all of a sudden try to be like and a look, horse in the. For those classic. listening, the only reason we bring those two horses up is the same combination. It's it's Zidane Gary and, Young and, and Zidane and, yes. and Baffert. And if anybody can do it, it's Bob Baffert. So Baffert was at the sale today, and Jill was there. So uh, they're obviously uh, vacationing uh, at the sale. 
And uh, big contingent. I'm, I'm sure Ocala was number one on, on Jill's <laughs> list of places I want to go. Jill in a great. She's Jill was in great spirits. Great. She was in good spirits today. She was happy to be there. I talked to her for a while, and and uh, Bob was Bob got a little sunburnt, but uh, he 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 looked like he was very pleased. He got mad at me because I said, "Hey, congratulations! Just another big horse in your stable." And he said, "Don't congratulate me on anything yet. We haven't done anything." I said, "That's all right. You will. I'm sure of it." So. <laughs> Um, anyway. well, I've heard Ocala is uh, um, bumping up in, in uh, desirability for a vacation. Well, we do have this very nice hotel here. Notice I say we. Uh, it's called the uh, World Equestrian Center, Michelle. It is unbelievable. Oh, yes. You know, it's unbelievable. That's where I am right now. I'm in the hotel. It is fantastic. It is like a five-star hotel. It is beautiful. It is easy to get to the sales grounds. You walk around here, there's horses everywhere. There's arenas everywhere. They got everything you can want. They got this beautiful little pastry shop that you get coffee at in the morning. Oh, it's so nice. I really like it. Can you tell? Uh, can you send me a picture of your pastries? I will send you a picture tomorrow of my pastries, yes. Okay, Of good. the that's pastry a, shop. That's what I oh, they have, a, they have a toy store uh, shop here, Michelle, that rivals oh. any toy store in the country. Toy store. Okay, Say that you better be giving really home done. a gift for Olivia and Spencer then. Okay. Do I need to really do I'll do that. You got yes, it. Yes, you do. Okay, I'm going to do that. All right. Olivia especially. She let's, likes stuff. Let's okay. do this. So, let's, wait, wait, wait. Third what? thing of note. My third thing what? of note real quick yeah. is I want to congratulate Motown, who had his first winner April 13th opening, uh, or first, not opening day, opening weekend at Keeneland. Uh, where Mr. Gordy won gate to wire in his racing debut for um, his connections, Randall Glosson. Uh, can I tell you something that I like Motown? Yeah. I do. I like Motown. Yeah. In fact, I bought, I we bought into a horse that ran second on opening day at Keeneland to the uh, Luis Mendez, and he's a Motown. Oh, very nice. And he runs We've got a Motown Calbred, actually. Well, there you go. Look at this. This is the Motown show. But let's get on down to Motown after. Uh, this message, and then we're going to talk to Bill Simon, who owns Barber Road. Cool, Michelle? Sounds like a plan. Who, by the way, Billy, he's yeah. also at OBS. Oh, well, who knew that? I guess I'm, maybe I I'll see him here. sat together for the, for the interview, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll do that next time. No, I only like to sit next to you at Del Mar. Oh, you're so sweet. When In the non-air conditioning rooms. Oh, my gosh, where we stink. And we stunk. I mean, it was so bad. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. This week's edition of the Owner's Box is brought to you by our good friends at Gainsway. From international bloodlines to rising stars on American soil, Gainsway has put together a stallion roster that is not only primed for future success, but is currently making its mark on the track, led by Cara Conti's undefeated rising star, Spenderella. Make sure to check out their entire roster for 2022 and see for yourself the power, passion, and performance of Gainsway. And we're back here on the Owner's Box. A very special guest today. His name is Bill Simon. He is the owner of Barber Road, or should we say Kentucky Derby candidate Barber Road. Do you like that better, Bill? Yeah, man. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Well, it, it's it's our pleasure, and and we're going to get to know you first of all, because a lot of our audience will say, "Well, who's Bill? Who's this Bill Simon guy?" Tell us a little bit about how you got started in uh, horse ownership. Well, I had a long career in I worked for Walmart for many years, and I retired around the end of 2014. And uh, we had some great friends, Booty um, Moore and his wife Christy from Arkansas. There's a good Big contingent of of, uh, of of horse horsemen in Arkansas, and you know my wife has always been into horses, and I've I'm just learning to tell the bays from the chestnuts. Right now. <laughs> um, so, 
uh, you know, they, they, they talked me into going in shares on one horse in about 2016. And from there, I've been just so fascinated with the, the science part of horse racing. Uh, you know, I spent my whole life looking at numbers and spreadsheets. Um, and, you know, it's pretty similar in horse racing. You know, we've got racing forms and pedigrees. Um, so it's sort of like P&Ls and spreadsheets. And so I found my way there. And I can I can uh, I can study those. And my wife has a uh, a real good eye with the animals, and uh, that's our business. And now we get a chance to do something together after being apart for all those years. You know, it's interesting you say that uh, about the numbers because I always feel when we talk to people, especially newcomers, there's a barrier of entry into this sport because there's so much information out there. How did you overcome that barrier of entry to get to a point where you actually felt comfortable spending money, buying horses and that and such? Well, I think small bites to start, right? Like, so I can just, you know, I think I hear a lot of horror stories about owners or they want to get into business on a horse. Uh, one time and they get slaughtered and they never come back and I didn't want to do that obviously um, I think I think really the key for me was people I trusted first you know a friend, another owner who I trusted then uh, getting acquainted with uh, a trainer who I trust and a, an agent who's just one of the most honorable people I've ever met and you know then you start little bites and we experimented starting Back in 2017, we first started buying two-year-olds, um, which you know can be really good or really bad. But we really only have one happy pick to the races. Um, then we then we got into claiming horses a little bit. We claimed at the mid-level, 16, 20, 30. Um, we and had some success. We claimed Honey Money for 16, and she won a Grade Three for us. Wow. Um, and then you know we got some claiming at the higher levels. We had some success with a horse named Lucho and Hollis. Um, but it wasn't really till uh, Jared and I started, Jared Hughes, and I started talking about um, building a business plan. And I think that's a lot of, that's a lot of the difference in where we are now compared to where I was three or four years ago. And I think a lot of people just sort of jump in. Um, in, in our business lives, we're very disciplined with the development of a business plan and a strategy that you're following. Uh, and horse racing is well, well, that's too pretty, or that's a nice feeling. <laughs> and, you know, you plunk down a bunch of money. And so, after a couple of years, and it was fun, but it wasn't sustainable. And so, you know, over the last couple of years, we've been working to develop a, a business model that, you know, involves acquiring a bunch of weaklings and then, you know, taking a look at them when they're yearlings and buying some more yearlings, also that we can have. A, you know, a cascading group of two-year-olds hitting the racetrack every year. And we're really excited about our group of horses. Um, Barbara Road was in the last, he was, he was in the first group of weanlings that we ever bought. And, he, you know, now, you know, in his, in his three-year-old year, and he, sort of how that's turning out for us. I mean, you know, obviously he was surprised. You know, we bought, a, a, and we do buy a, a broad price range. Turns out the Walmart guy, got the everyday low price horse. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock. 
Go ahead, Michelle. That, first of all, uh, Bill, when you say that you've gotten into this cycle now where you buy the weanlings and then maybe you supplement as needed um, as the horses get older, do you buy everything to race or does your business model allow for maybe selling something if they look like they're worth it early on? Yeah, that's exactly it, Michelle. You know, we're, we're I'm trying to, I have believe we're there now we develop a system that's self-sustaining. Like I have a budget for weanlings every year and I've got to sell, uh, you know, new weanlings every year. I got to sell enough of the stock, either, you know, maturing stock or young stock in order to buy the new group of weanlings. And, you know, this year we've got a, a filly named Joyful Cadence, who's uh, a run happy out of um, Arabian Song, and she's a half to, my goodness, country grammar. So, yeah. you know, his success is going to be really wonderful. We're going to race her. Hopefully she's going to. She's already graded place. Hopefully she's going to win a graded stakes this year. And then, you know, she'll fund our next year's weanling crop. And so we're, we're trying to work that model where we get a, a constant flow uh, of really good horses. And, you know, the two-year-olds that we've got coming in this year are even better than the three-year-olds that we have this year. We've got a beautiful curling filly and a, another beautiful arrogate filly. I mean, we're just real excited about the, the next group, too. Looking at this particular group and speaking about Barber Road, can you tell us what Jared liked about him? Because, I mean, as I'm doing my, like, derby lists, I'm like, race day is not the fanciest pedigree. I mean, you didn't overpay for him for sure on paper. Um, but what specifically said, yeah, let's let's buy this guy? Well, we tend to buy <clears throat> Phillies on pedigree and Colts, young Colts, on um, confirmation and, and athleticism. And so... You know, Jared has just got a keen eye. He's very capable, and he saw him as a weanling. You know, liked the way, liked his confirmation even then, liked his ability to move. Saw him as an opportunity with an unproven stallion as a value. And gosh, my goodness, looks like he was right. I'm, this is uh, Bill Simon joining us on the owner's box. Bill, I'm going to take you to a date, okay? We're going to play a little game. Oct Wait, you guys are going on a date? No, I'm gonna ask right. him. I'm gonna ask him about a date. I probably that's fine. It's all good. Um, October fourteenth, twenty twenty one. Do you know what that date was? Uh, no. Can I guess? Go ahead, Michelle. Is that the day he ran for thirty thousand dollars? You damn straight it is. He ran for thirty thousand dollars in a maiden claiming race. There were two horses claimed out of that race. What was what made the decision after his first start? Hey, we're going to drop him in for a tag because he was right there for the public. What idiot's going to claim a horse that cost fifteen thousand dollars for thirty? <laughs> that's a, that's a great point. Great point. Is that's that... my husband's mentality constantly? He's like, I'm not going to claim that thing. They paid six thousand dollars for it. <laughs> right, but but it's well, look if you had two wins, it might have been something. But you know his. His first, his first maiden special at Colonial was a little early for him, and it wasn't the right distance. And we just thought, my gosh, you know, let's put him where he can win. We, you know, we didn't, at that point, we, we just thought he was a good running horse. We didn't know. We didn't think anybody would take him. We put him in a place where we thought he could get, him, get, get himself some confidence and win. And that's just generally what we do. 
It's a great theory, and and it it'll allow you as an owner to win a lot more races when horses are are placed where they they belong. But it's hard sometimes because you it wasn't just fifteen thousand. You put money in them. You bought them as a as a weanling, so you have two years of expenses in them, and there is a risk. And and it's it's funny because I run this partnership, Little Red Feather, and we run horses for tags all the time, and I'm constantly. People fall in love with their horses. That's, that is very common. It sounds to me that you and, and your family are able to really run this as a business. Well, you know, if it were up to my wife, we'd have 70 horses in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have that constant battle, especially Barber Road. We named Barber Road after the street she grew up on. By the way, her, her grandfather was a guy, Clarence Barber, who the road was named after. So this was a little bit of a tough one. That's amazing. Oh, what, a, what, that's, that's very cool. Go ahead, Michelle. I know you have a question. I, I want to know how you got together with John Ortiz, who has been your trainer for Barber Road and has taken you all the way to uh, the Arkansas Derby this year. Well, you know, when, when, uh, when Hootie Moore and I were deciding that we were going to expand from one or two horses into a, a few more, we started doing that in partnership back in about 2017 or 18. We interviewed trainers and we were looking for young trainers. You know, we have the opportunity to go with some of the big guys, you know, and they're terrific. I don't, I don't mean to say that they're not. Um, but we have the opportunity to share some of the things that that, that I learned. And, you know, I, I've got a pretty extensive business background and experience. Mm -hmm. And um, and Johnny's just a phenomenal horseman um, and, and a young guy who's still developing his business acumen and so it's a perfect match um you know he can teach me about horses and i can teach him about you know what it's like to be a you know a successful business person and he's going to be a hall of fame trainer i have trainer i have honestly i have no doubt if you guys haven't spoken with him he's, he's just a terrific young man with a with a wonderful wonderful young family and we're really happy to to be helping him that's sort of what we want to do with our business my wife and i you know it's not really an accident that you know, we're with Johnny, who's a first-time Derby trainer, and we're with Jared Hughes, who's a first-time Derby bloodstock agent, and we picked and we're sticking, have been sticking with Ray Lucas, who's first-time jock um, in the Derby. We really think, as owners, that it's time for uh, a new generation of horse racing. If we're gonna, if we're gonna last and grow into the future. Um, the, the people who got us here, they're wonderful, and they deserve all the credit for doing that. But we need to have a group of young, up-and-coming uh, people who, you know, who can, who can, you know, talk and communicate um, to young people in a way that will get them into horse racing. And Johnny's approach to the way he manages horses are different than anybody I've, I've ever worked with. And we have uh, a few horses in partnership with a guy named uh, Michael Hoy, who had Zulu Alpha. Uh, sure. And there was Mike Maker. Mike Maker's a wonderful trainer, uh, and I love him to death, and he's really good at what he's really good at. But I, I, we're real excited about the opportunity that we're giving young people um, in, in the sport. And so we're, we're all in with Johnny in his first time and Jared in his first time and Ray, and I think we're going to win. That's, I love wow, that. What a great attitude. How can you not root for this horse? Uh, uh, Bill, I have a question for you. So you talked about that John has talk, taught you about horses. Give us a couple of examples of, of things that you, you know, uh, have said, oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Because I'm, for one, I've been in this game since I was 
probably five years old, and that's a long, long time ago, and I still learn every single day. But give an example of a couple things you might, you've learned. Well, I, you know, I think we were just talking about probably the, the most important one is that you got to place a horse where they have the chance to win. I, you know, we you can run a horse over their head because they mean something to you that's special, and you're not doing the horse any favors. You're not doing yourself any favors. It's not a really good business decision. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that, you know, Johnny really believes. He, he has an intuitive feel, and he's sort of been able to – he's told me about it. He hasn't actually – it to me yet because I don't have that sort, of, <laughs> that sort of intuition about where and how uh, the horse is, when the horse is ready um, and the horse will tell you that they're ready I, I like I like the horses and honestly every single one I've ever seen is beautiful and has dreamy eyes um, and, and uh, it, but it's hard for me to tell when it's ready and w- w- what that really means and so and John has a field and, and I just sit there in total amazement with his ability to understand and relate to uh, the horses, what they're feeling. And, you know, it's just, it's an experience that I can't ever get. Not only does he ride them um, and work them, but, you know, he'll get in the stall with them and lay down with them and um, and really develop a relationship with them. And I think that's, that's really been fantastic to watch. Good stuff. Michelle, um, I have another question. Can I jump one more? Go ahead. Bill, you just said that you're going to win the Kentucky Derby. Is this like, is this true confidence or is this like, hey, I believe in this and I'm saying it and we're going for it? it you know, anybody who sits there and watches the, t- watches the replays in detail will see that this horse is running at the end every single race he's ever been in he doesn't quit and you know look at the look at the replays of the arkansas derby he got bumped three four times he started stopped started stopped at the end of the you know closing of the race there was a hole he tried to get through it three times it wasn't until the third time that he got through yeah he gets himself into trouble but he doesn't quit and then watch watch the gallop out every single race he you know 100 yards past the line, he's past whoever won. And, you know, he gets back to the barn, and he's on his toes, and he's happy. He thinks he won the race. The next morning, he's up, and he's playing, and he's, uh, you know, ready to go again. Can I go again? Um, You know, look, I've seen horses that are just exhausted at the end of the race and laying down for a day and resting. He's not not that way. He's, He's eager. He's ready to go. We've never seen the bottom. And the longer these races get, the better we're going to be. And look, if he gets a lane uh, on the on the on that straightaway Churchill Downs, I think he's going to be hard. To, he's going to be hard to catch. Wow, I love it. I yeah. love the confidence, Michelle. Go, Bill. It's obviously been thrilling. He's run second or third in <laughs> five straight stakes races, including the Grade One Arkansas Derby. Is it a little bit frustrating though to to have that situation with this type of horse? I mean, you know he's good, and it's like he's just waiting for a great opportunity. I'm not going to lie to you. No, I would have loved to win one, but really what's the difference between first and second when it's a half a length? Um, it's just, you know, you, you win by a half or a nose, you lose by a half or a nose. It's a, it's a one one hundredth or two one hundredths of a second. Um, could have gone either way, any of them. I'm just, I'm just optimistic and, and really positive about his opportunity. If he keeps running second, he'll win a, he'll win a grade one. And I don't have any doubt. And, you know, God willing, it'll be the Derby or the Belmont. (laughs) 
Uh, Bill, what what's it been like right now? Like, you know, we're a couple weeks out from the Kentucky Derby. You've got a serious contender in Barber Road. What's it like feelings-wise? How your how's your planning going? What are you thinking about for are, Derby wait, week? Are you sleeping? <laughs> you know, it's the craziest thing, to be honest with you. You know, I've had a pretty successful business career. I, you know, been to the White House and spoke in front of thousands of people in stadiums and everything. Never got nervous, not one time. Now I'm like nervous over a horse. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you you don't know what I don't. We don't know what we don't know. Like we've never done this before. So I mean, like I guess there's guys who've been to the Kentucky Derby 20 times, so they know what's going to happen this, this, that week. Uh, we we don't know. We're we're totally lost. Somebody Other called me from somebody called me from Churchill today, asked me a question, and said that. You know, we were supposed to go to the mansion after the, the draw. And I'm like, I have no idea where that oh, is. Oh, yeah. The so. nightclub. The mansion's the cool. The racetrack. The mansion's cool. Okay. You want to do that? Well, that, 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 that actually leads me to my next question. Other than the race, what are you most looking forward to during Derby Week? I, I am just – we, my wife and I, folks, are so happy and proud that we can lift up the careers of these young people and so just to see what it means to them we're you know we're in our second career um maybe even third depending on how you look at it but for these guys it's their first it's their chosen and this is the pinnacle for them so first and foremost there's a lot of joy in that secondly um my wife's mom and dad are uh in their mid to late 80s and in North Carolina on Barber Road, by the way, Amazing. where they live. Such a great and we story. named the horse so they can't travel much anymore. Um, so we named the, the horse so they would get a chance to follow something, you know. So they, they, are, they are thrilled. And, you know, we've got a tent set up on the farm. Um, everybody from the whole town is going to come and watch the race from the tent on Barber Road. And watch <laughs> Barber Road from Barber That's Road. amazing. So, I love that. That's joy for us, to be honest with you. That 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 you know uh, that that horse that that fifteen thousand dollar horse is brought to so many people, and that's that's like the coolest thing. That is a very cool thing. Last year we had uh, Bill Strauss on from Hot Rod Charlie. He came on about two weeks before the Derby. We had Jimmy Bell on from Godolphin, uh, right, Michelle? And so mm-hmm. they they finished fourth that day with the favorite. Um, so, Bill, we, we, we really want to bring this home. We need it for the show. We need it for you. <laughs> we need it for John Ortiz. We're, we're counting on you. Is that too much pressure? No pressure on me. I'm not running. <laughs> okay, good. All but, right. Like, I, got, I want to know, um, what's, your, what's your MO? Like, do you like to come out in the mornings? Do you go to the barn? Do you like to give carrots? Are you like a hands-off, I'm going to stand in the stands kind of guy? No, we're all in. Everything we do, we're all in. My wife, like, she walks in the barn and just her voice, and she's from, you know, farm in North Carolina, so she's got a little bit of a southern drawl. She starts talking, and all the horses stick their heads out of the stall, knowing that knowing that peppermints are coming. Um, so <laughs> we'll feed them all. You know, we usually bring, you know, donuts or or biscuits to the to the uh, to the staff in the morning. Biscuits. And we'll, you can we'll, come by my barn anytime. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just it's, honestly it's uh it's all it's all family you know i i don't yeah i don't know what we're gonna do on derby day you know i i think you know it, it 
first race is at 10:30. I thought I think that's too early to go. Except I can't sit in a hotel room all day. Like, what the heck am I? Gonna do? No, no, the gates open at like seven. You're totally good. You just go to the barn in the morning and then you bring clothes to change into and walk over. Yeah, wait, wait. The, speaking of that, what are you wearing? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I have these. I have these really ugly, bucky, uh, um, sort of like shoes that I always wear to the track, and I've worn them for every one of his races, and I don't want to take them off. No, you keep of- you keep those shoes on, you Bill. You keep those on. Yeah, you, you know what? Especially not- if you're walking on the track, your yeah. shoes are going to get ruined. Yes. Wear the ucky shoes. Yes. I know, but my left wants me to wear a suit, which I haven't really done since I left Walmart, so <laughs> I'm going to have to wear the ucky pair of shoes, so I think... Nah. Hey. I'll let you know this, Bill. A lot of people walk over in super fancy, like, suits, like, bespoke, and then they have on, like, the nattiest, dirtiest barn shoes you've ever seen because they make the walk. Are you planning on doing the walkover? Yes. Heck yeah. You're on. <laughs> yep. And, and I, I don't care. I want to know one more question. I, we've kept you a long time, but I want to know... What is Barbara Rhodes' personality? Is he a lovey-tovey guy? Is he like a don't-touch-me kind of dude? He's the coolest cat you've ever seen, to be honest with you. He, he plays like he hear you coming in the stall, and he'll, he'll jump up and start, you know, we, we got to keep one of those, you know, blue balls hanging in the front of his stall, and he'll <laughs> oh, yeah. poking around his head, and he'll, he'll gosh, he'll, he'll grab at you and, you know, let you play with him, and uh, he's he's like uh, he reminds me of my 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 two sons when they were about seventeen years old. Like, oh, what's up next? What are we gonna do now? Let's go do something. It's fun. Let's go play. That's so cool. It's got to be so he's like, thrilling. So he's basically a German Shepherd. Excellent. <laughs> That's. Do you have any dogs, Bill? We do. Yeah. What, what kind of dog? Bitty, two little bitty. Uh, Something poos, lots of poo, out uh, of multi poo, and don't tell anybody. I absolutely adore them. I think I just told a bunch. Of you you told a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, we're like dogs. No, it's good. Know. It's cool, Bill. We have like six listeners. You're fine. Don't worry. We've already been. We've already told <laughs> them that you were a million downloads. Yeah, you are going to win the Derby. Uh, listen, before we let you go, one, you you. This is great because you've given a lot of that business acumen that you discussed, but. Um, what advice would you give to someone just getting into the game of horse ownership that you've that you wish you could have told yourself back in 2006 or 16 whenever you started? I, I'm, honestly, the most important thing that anybody can do is to be extremely uh, particular about who they go into business with, and you've got to match their their skill and capability and management style with your needs and wants and desires. Um, there, you know, obviously integrity is important and and character is important. But, you know, there are some really wonderful trainers out there who, you know, look, write me a check and come to the race. But uh, I don't, I don't, you know, you're yeah. an investor more than you are a participant. And yep. you've got to find, so you've got to find the, the, the trainer. And, you know, I, I, I won't undersell if you use a bloodstock agent, how important that is um those guys you know have uh, and 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 women have a a level of skill and they can guide you to a wonderful place or to an absolutely horrible place and so with those guys talent capability and integrity is key and it's really all about relationships take the time before you sink any large amount of money into the thing to build those relationships know who you're in business with 
and make sure that there's a really good fit. Great advice, Bill Simon. I think you, you've made at least one new fan on this on this call of Barber Road. Michelle, how, do you make it too? I was already a fan. Yeah, Michelle was already I, a fan. I out about him already. Yeah, Michelle was all excited for this, Bill. I think you lived up very much to expectations, and we hope that Barber Road lives up to your expectations. We wish you the best of luck come Kentucky Derby time in just, when is it? Like It's like two and a half weeks, yes? Less? And say that. That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Time is flying by. But, Bill Simon, we really appreciate it. We really do. You, you were a fantastic guest, and thank you very much for joining us today on the Owner's Box. My pleasure. Thank you both. Appreciate the support. All right. Good thank luck. Thank you so much, Bill. Best of luck. We'll be rooting you on. Absolutely. Alrighty. Thanks, right. Bill. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Bill Simon. Michelle, what? I, I mean, love him. Here's the thing. All right. You know I always go on my, my soapbox right after the guest leaves. <laughs> How many times in your professional career has someone said, like, oh, the key is don't just leave your business sense at the door when you come into horse racing? And yet people do it over and over and over again. And this guy was fantastic in everything he said. And you can't help but respect what he's done. And you can't kind of you can't help for root for the guy. I mean, I was rooting for the horse already just because I love a blue collar horse and a $15,000 race day is about as blue collar as they come. Uh, But now I like him even more because I think Bill's amazing. Well, here's the thing also, and he brought up a good point that he might not have even known he made. The Derby is about distance. You have a bunch of horses in this race that have never gone this far, and many of them I would even gather to say most of them will never run this far again. So to have a horse like his that is obviously a dead closer and that wants more ground is very, very important in the Kentucky Derby. And we've seen it over and over again in the Kentucky Derby. It is a distance race. How do you feel about that? Yep. It's all, but the, the drawback, just to play devil's advocate, is that it is also a trip race with 20 horses. He is going to have to carve out a trip. You heard the issues he had in Arkansas already. I'm glad that he is push button that can start and stop, but he's going to need to carve himself out a easy way to go. Well, you are going listen, we talked about it last week. You asked me who I liked. I said, I'll take the horse that gets the best trip. So, right. uh, yes, of course, he's going to have to be lucky. He's going to be far back and he's going to come with a run. And you just, it's just, it's going to be a thrill. And hopefully he's good enough and he gets that right trip. I think it's, I think it's a great story. I, I, I definitely have used the word respect because I feel like Bill Simon gets it. Um, and, and it was a great get by you. I really, I think it was a, a very, very, I think our people are going to like it. Put it that way. Yes, I agree. And thank you, John Ortiz, for uh, setting that up as well. Thank you, John Ortiz, very much. Sorry, I had to take a couple. Did you hear me coughing in the background? Oh, no. I don't know what's happening. I have like a little tickle. Uh-oh. Oh. I just Uh-oh. got back from the sale, Michelle. It is nuts. I was going to say, you probably have COVID. Oh, it was nuts. It was nuts. So, um, all right. Well, Michelle, what do we have coming up at uh, the Great Race Place? Nothing. 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 We're on a planned respite. Um, we had planned early on in the meet to take this one week off that was towards the end of Keeneland and and whatnot um, to just give our turf course a little bit of a breather because we have been carting. I think over 65% of our races have been carted on the grass. So they just want to make sure that it remains grass and doesn't look like dirt like some other tracks. So uh, we're having a little planned break, but we'll be back with live racing on April 30th with the grade two California and the grade two Santa Margarita, the grade two Charlie Whittingham, 
the Kona Gold, and most importantly, it is going to be Dumpling Day at the racetrack on Saturday the 30th. Uh, well, who doesn't like Dumpling Day? Exactly. All right. Exactly. Um, special thanks to all of our sponsors. Our new sponsor, um, Gainsway. Gains. Do you have to say it like that? Gainsway. Uh, also Taylor Made. Also, also uh, Santa Anita and Delmar and. Um, who am I missing, Michelle? Who are all our sponsors? Me. You know. And you? <laughs> <laughs> no, right now it's uh, Gainsway, TaylorMade, Santa Anita, Delmar, and um, would love to add a nice sales company. I feel like we've got a great advertising for a sales company to come in. We really do. Let's Anytime keep working. Anytime a horse wins, it's like, oh, this is a Keeneland sales grad or yeah, a basic sales grad, OBS sales grad, and Bingo. we got to do like you know, our, our secret sleepers of the sale. Yes, sleepers, sleepers of the sale. Well, you know what I'm going to do is go sleep at the sale. Uh, Michelle, always a pleasure. We're part of the In The Money Media Network. Uh, um, I am Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. If anybody needs to email questions about horse ownership or if you want to get involved with Little Red Feather, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, at the Michelle Yu is her Twitter feed. At Own a Horse is the show's Twitter feed. I'm at BKLRF. So, uh, thank you again, Michelle, for getting such a great guest. Thank you to Bill Simon, and good luck to Barbara Road and the Derby. Michelle, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good. Later. Later.